Panago Pizza presents S-D-P-P, the Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Hi! Big day. Hi. Big day. Uh, Haley Salvian's joining us, which is yeah. pretty amazing. So uh, excited to have her on in just over an hour. We're going to talk about the NWHL and about their first team in Toronto. It's been rumored for, has it been rumored Ever. on and off for years? Yeah, it, and uh, it just never. I think it was the 2016 Clarkson Cup I was at, mm-hmm. and there was a big, there was a big stir when I was there because, like, as soon as the broadcast ended or something like that. Um the NWHL basically posted this cryptic thing that they were expanding into Toronto and Montreal. Yes. I remember mm-hmm. that. And then that didn't happen. And I don't know. Well, it was uh, it's just another part of the saga, but I, w- I was going to say between the two, but that's not true. This is independent. This is the NWHL doing their thing. And uh, it'll be an interesting uh, week of guests. Yeah. So do, do we want to talk about that? Do we yes. want to talk about that? Yeah, I guess I guess we do. Yeah, all right. So we've got Haley on today. She's the one who's been following the story uh, mostly, um, and I think bestly. Um, I also think uh, hey, Christina I think Rutherford says, "What's up?" Okay, yeah. well that's true. Christina, Rogers. Christina's profile on uh, on Danny Ryland's pretty amazing. But um, Rogers gang, we're gonna have oh. our our old friend Anya Parker on uh, Sunday. Talk about the player's perspective and the move to expand uh, the league. Obviously, anytime a league expands, you want to hear from the, you know, the players' union perspective, which uh, Anya is one of the uh, leaders and organizers of the NWHL Players Association. Uh, and then, of course, um, we're going to have, and this is the first time we can ever say this, a commissioner on next Wednesday. Gary Bettman, the that ban <laughs> has been lifted. No. Yeah, no, he's still banned, I thought. He's still so, banned. No, no next Ryland, Wednesday, it'll be Roger Goodell. That's, no, it won't be that. It will not banned. be Adam's, Adam's, it won't be Rob Ranford. It won't be Adam Silver. It will be Danny Ryland of the NWHL, okay. which is going to be pretty cool. We're excited to, to chat with her and, uh, you know, talk about this whole thing. I mean, one of the coolest parts about all this is, you know, we're talking about, um, sports and that are t- traditionally male dominated. Hockey is one of them. Um, and you know, this, this league was, was founded by, by Danny, who was a female hockey player herself and a very, very good one. Um, we got an ownership group in Toronto that's owned by three people, three people are operating this business and it's three women. And I think that that's really important. So it's a, it's, it's a great time, um, to be a hockey fan. And it's nice to get some good news, um, in the middle of this, you know what I mean? Even though, there are lots of places talking about like what's it, what's it going li- to be like when we come out of lockdown. It's starting to feel like well we're not there yet, but we might be lifting here in a few weeks. Um, even if it's slow, it's you know there's some good news. This was extra good news, yeah. and it's just nice to talk about hockey and not pandemic. You know what I mean? Yes. Steve's not paying oh. attention. No, Steve's reading. Oh, I, Steve's reading I am paying attention. What are, you, what, no. what are you reading? What's important? I'm trying to decide whether or not I should talk about your microphone. But What's I wrong with my microphone? There's just, lots of, there's just some popping and lags. But then I was like, no, that's probably Zoom doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just the internet. <laughs> yeah. But so. I could have just gone on saying nothing, which I was. <laughs> so well, It's true. Adam did ask you what was on your mind. I yeah. I, I was listening. I'm trying was to. Is it, so it's just popping? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, welcome to the internet. Yep. Can't help it. Um, 
so I guess I guess the thing is, so until Haley comes on, we're we're gonna save our conversations about that. What we do yeah. need to talk about is the other top story of the day, which is too hot to handle. Oh <laughs> yeah, on Netflix. Okay, so Jesse is the for some reason Jesse has become the king of reality TV. <laughs> I think it has something to do with his girlfriend. It by definitely the way, has something to do with living with a girl in her mid twenties. Uh, yeah, who is, by the way, just an absolute flipping riot to hang out with. Um, and she has gotten Jesse into all the good shows. So because Jesse endorsed Love is Blind, I watched Love is Blind and I was not disappointed. And then Jesse endorsed Too Hot to Handle and told us, Steve, that we had to watch it. Now, Steve, have you watched the entire series or have oh, you? I watched the entire thing. Wow. So I'm the only one on the show who's, who's made it. I made it to episode six. I have not seen the whole thing yet. You're the only piece of garbage, horrible person. Right. Mm-hmm. Which yes. means we're going to talk about the first half of it today. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. It, is it ever surprising to you? Like people say we talk about hockey a lot, right? And we do, even in our own personal lives. And we, the three of us get together with our friends. Hockey inevitably comes up. We talk about it. Some of our friends roll their eyes or whatever. Does anyone ever call people on talking about themselves, their bodies, and sex? Does that ever get called out? Does anybody ever hang out with these people that are on this show and go, guys, you talk about sex. Like, like sex is great, but you talk about it all the time. Right. So this here, Jesse, you, you look like you. Have something I was gonna say, say you, you, those those people tend to surround them people themselves with like-minded people. I feel like in their every in uh, Kels's everyday life, in Harry's everyday yeah, life, Kels. he's surra- Harry's surrounded by guys like Harry, and they're all walking in right. packs talking about sex and how hot they are and doing their hair constantly. I think that right. that's the kind of group you you hang out in. You 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 walk around in a pack of hot people. Harry, uh, Harry looks like, it, well, and, and speaking of the word pack, like Harry looks like, okay, uh, what, what's the movie where the mom and the daughter, they trade bodies? What's the it, Lindsay Freaky Lohan Friday? One? Freaky Friday. Yeah, Freaky Friday. Yeah. Okay. If an owner and their dog changed bodies, <laughs> Harry would be the dog in a human body. <laughs> Just the face yeah. he's always got on. He just looks like someone's walked by the house, like at all times. He, he reminds like, me of uh, David Dobrik in the way he's always just laughing and smiling at the same time while he's smiling. Yeah. yeah. Yo, he could commit murder and, and get off because the judge likes him so much. Like he's oh, yeah. so likable. Like, Do I look like I could ever get mad enough? Yeah, no, like, no. Like, he, doesn't, he doesn't get upset. And, and also when people are upset with him, it's all like, but he's so flipping cute. Like. Right. He's six five, which and he's so very in the wrong. <laughs> very right off the top, extraordinarily <laughs> first, right so away. What you're talking about is Francesca and Harry. They kiss and they lose three thousand. Francesca is from BC, by the way. Let's Francesca sucks so hard. She sucks. She sucks. Yeah. Yes. Well, (laughs) so when they kiss, the whole premise of the show is that when they kiss or touch or do anything and they're warned by this little Alexa device called Lana, uh, they're warned that there's this $100,000 prize money. Yeah, we should Every maybe time, explain what the show is, like, from the top. Well, we sort of mentioned it last, but, but essentially the idea is this. Imagine you are extremely sexy, and you're on an island with extremely sexy people. And all you guys do is talk about your bodies and sex, and, and you're just a one-night stand person. They throw these people together and go, okay, we're going to try to reform you, and you're going to have to learn to get a deeper connection with each other. And so there is no sex, there is no kissing, there is no nothing allowed 
on the island. They don't know this. Now, they don't know this when they sign up, but they find out very fast. Yeah, they think it's just going to be like Temptation Island. Like, oh my God, let's just sleep with that person. Sleep with that person. And there's nothing at stake. Oh no, there is something at stake. It's the money. And here, so here's the thing. Whenever a couple breaks the rules, Lana pipes up. Lana is like the little Alexa device. And she says, rules have been broken. We've charged you $3,000. And so the first time this happens, it's because this, this very tall Aussie guy named, what's his name again? Harry. 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 Yeah. And, and Francesca, who definitely sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, not um, right away. Like, not she right away. No, <laughs> she sucks right away. Yeah? I think, think right so? away you, you, get the, you get the idea that she's going to be terrible, and then she has her little terrible friend, Haley, and it's just <laughs> the two of them are going to be the awful girls on the island. And Sorry, Haley, I should back up. They all seem like they suck. You know, that's you, why they're on the show. Of them, right? I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. David does not suck. Okay, David. Yeah, David, okay, fair is, David is pretty phenomenal, man. Have, you, got, have you gotten to the point where the next uh, set of people come to the island? Not just Bryce. Uh, but parts of them. So Bryce comes and then three more people come. I, I assume right. you're on that episode. Yeah, I'm not quite through it, though. Okay, so, okay. Does David okay. start to suck? Don't tell me David starts know. to suck. No, no. More oh, stuff happens with David. What? Almost all of them, basically, I mean, the whole point of the show is, all right, so we got 10 people who suck. <laughs> and by the end of the show, we're hoping they no longer suck. <laughs> so they all sort of suck. So we're grading on a bit of a curve here. Mm -hmm. So right away, I wasn't like friggin' Francesca, stupid idiot. And then Harry and her hook up right away, mm -hmm. and they get dinged. And they know it's against the rules. And they, and they just made out. Like, they just make out. All they right? do is make out. And right away, $3,000 down. But now, help me remember, do they say right away that it was them two? So they're all sitting there, and then they're kind of denying it. And then Harry goes, you know, Francesca, she kissed me, even though he knows it was the other way around. So he, he throws her under the bus. And then she says, no, it was entirely you. And then neither of them take responsibility for the whole thing. And then Francesca tries to get back at everybody on the island for not liking her because she's a terrible person. And she and <laughs> Haley team up to kiss and lose everybody $3,000. So that's yeah, the on purpose. On, pur yeah, on, on purpose. So, but Harry, what, what got me about Harry is he, he lied about it to the guys. Yeah. Like right away to all the guys. Ah, we made out. Ah. And like, they didn't yeah. seem that mad. They were like, ah. Like, but then when it was the whole group to then to her face, mm -hmm. to the person involved's face, be like, you did it. <laughs> yeah. I was just like the, the, the balls, the huevos. He does. On that yeah. Aussie man. He does. And the great How thing. How dare you? That so Aussie she, man who sounds not Aussie at all. She, she hates him for like a couple episodes. Yeah. But the craziest part not is even. she. She ends up half. half she ends up taking. Yeah, yeah. She ends up taking a shower with this guy Kells, who is just fucking built, man. Like oh, this guy is. He huge. could play running back in the NFL tomorrow, just for a size. Adrian Peterson be afraid of him. Like he's <laughs> he's he's huge. Not enough of a factor in the show, Kells. No, not enough. No, but he it he took it so seriously. He's like, I am here yeah. not to lose money. I got my blinders on. I'm gonna have no fun. Yeah. So. This, he, I, I feel like he doesn't care. Like, he will have sex again. The, the girls... <laughs> when your the chance girls, at 100 grand. <laughs> yeah. The, the girls upheld their end of the reality show bargain. We're, mm -hmm. we're gonna... 
there's going to be drama and there's going to be fights with each other and there's going to be arguments with each other and a few of us are not going to be friends at the end of this or even during the show. Whereas the guys, there's one, I don't think Adam's gotten to it thing where you're like, you dog. But <laughs> Corey. for the most part, like <laughs> Kells, yes, Corey is a piece of shit. Yeah. Kells, there should be a moment. There was never a moment where, no, where, where a guy on the island genuinely thought Kells might slap me. And there no. should have been. No. There should have been. Yeah. Like he so, was so he wasn't enough of a factor in the moment. show. Yeah. Let's step back yeah. for a second. Okay. So yeah. if you haven't seen this, guess so 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 we're talking about this girl Francesca, right? Mm-hmm. She hang she hangs out with this other girl who is a Florida frat girl. Oh. Uh, and admit self-admitted. Like quintessential. Lo- <laughs> yes. I go to parties and I we party and we get super drunk. Like that's that's her. That's you know you there's, know this person. Way they were in your friend group in high school. Everybody's got the person who does who parties and they really get drunk and somehow they end up with a university degree. Do you and do you hear you how, know there's, how. There's, there's there's too much soul in Adam's voice? Yeah, maybe that. maybe there's, too, there's yeah. just you're describing much. her perfectly though. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he is. But like, do you hear how there's like a hint that you might feel things? Yeah, yeah, no, no, she doesn't feel things. Like that's the only inaccuracy. She might she might be she might have no personality, but the one thing she is is devious. So yeah. her and Francesca, so what they decide to do, it's like, okay, so everybody Francesca's mad at everybody, and I think a little bit rightfully so, because they all sort of believe, you know, happy tall guy. And yep. and and they don't believe her when she said, I didn't kiss him, he kissed me. Even though they were I feel both like sort Harry of in created on a monster. For sure. He created so, a monster, episode one. So Francesca, and what was her other, what is her name? I can't Haley. remember anyone's name. Haley. 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 Yeah. So Francesca and Haley, they sneak off, and we've already sort of mentioned this, but they, they go, you know what? We're just going to kiss, and it's going to cost everybody money, and we're just going to blame it on somebody else. Yeah. So they kiss that night later on, and then I think it's, is it Rhonda sneaks off with another guy? Like with one of these. Sharon. Oh, Sharon. With Sharon, yeah. they sneak yes. off in the middle of the night. They yeah. almost break the rules, but they don't break the rules. Everybody hears them because everybody's sleeping in the same room. Everybody hears them leave in the middle of the night and hang out together in the middle of the night. So the next day, Haley and Francesca are like, you know, once, once Lana kind of lights them up for, uh, for, and, and charges them, I think it was like only $2,000 for that kiss. Um, it's three. It's three. Was it three? It was three, three, three again? Three G's yeah. a kiss. It was three grand a kiss. Okay, so... Anyway, Lana, you know, they get dinged their $3,000. So now they're down to 94 grand and everybody's ticked off again, but nobody can figure out who's doing it. And they're like, well, you know, Sharonda, Rhonda, Sharonda, they <laughs> left. Like, I don't know. And, yeah. and so, and you see Francesca actually say, you know, step into my web and like, and then it's like, I'm stirring the pot and whatever. And you just realize that is awful to do to somebody. You've just robbed everybody of $3,000. And Haley's like, you know, I don't even care. Like, I don't these. care. She did just, that at, as well, and men tried care. to blame somebody else. Like, it wasn't even just that they did that and were like, we cost you guys $3,000 because you were mad at us. She did that and then tried to blame another couple. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, every situation, but with every villain comes a hero. And that's when Detective Jesus gets involved. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Is that his name? Matthew I just knew him as Jesus Detective Jesus. As Jesus, yeah. yo, he's the best. <laughs> he's yeah. I don't know about that, but he is Detective Jesus. So this I just, guy, I, he played the role that Kells should have. There should have been 
at least one guy because Kells was there to win, and yeah. I am not touching anyone. I'm not even making any friends. I'm not showing any personality <laughs> or anything. Kells did get naked in the shower with uh, yeah. with Francesca. Kels, so not... When Francesca showed interest in Kells, Kells' eyes sparked up. You know, he was he, then he started yeah. playing the game. Yeah. But once once he didn't have like another match on the island, he kind of just like, all right, there's no one here for me. Everyone's kind of paired off, or I'm not interested. Yeah, so I'm not going to play anymore. But when Francesca right. was going for him, he was all in. Yeah, we got to talk about not yet. We're not there yet, but we got to talk about how they wrote the show on the fly. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I yeah. I was uh, I was yelling at Lana a couple of times the same way I was yelling at you for uh, the uh, by what metric? Because they kept going, oh, you yeah. can win this money, and I'm like, but what are we counting? You're what, how are you yeah. winning? <laughs> Do they all get that money each? Do they all split that money? Is it know. a few of them who split that money? Is yeah. it? And you don't know. And by the the final episode, you're just like, oh, so you just the writers got together, probably like blasted off of whatever they brought to the island, and we're just like, so like the money, and they were like, oh shit, the money! <laughs> oh, what do we do? Oh. Well, do you, do you think they'll go with my idea of calling it Can't Fuck Island, or is that like, <laughs> will Netflix not allow that? Actually, like, they, they came fun, up with so much on the fly. Fun fact: the uh, the actual uh, the episode, or sorry, the whole show is based on the Mastered My Domain episode of Seinfeld. That's where the producers oh. got the idea. Yeah, which is and it's like two know. of those. Yeah, when they don't self-pleasure for two weeks and no one makes it through, yeah. that's sort of the idea. But then the scoring system was based off of Steve's list of best Russians. By what metric? Best how? <laughs> yes. Just, no, just best. Yes. Money goes yes. to best. Best. Just didn't, didn't come. Like, that was basically the show. That was it. Come Island. <laughs> <laughs> who wins? Just uh, a guy who didn't come. <laughs> uh yeah, exactly you know adam you know okay do you know has anyone banged not yet they've they've hey, spent a night in the then. suite mm. they've spent a night in the suite mm. we'll get there on sunday we'll okay. get there on sunday oh, okay okay so, okay, so, so detective then, jesus okay. so detective jesus yes. let me let me set the scene with detective jesus so they do like if you've ever seen like the bachelor or any other reality show they do an intro of every character and so this guy comes in, and it's remember, it's a tropical island. This guy comes it's, in. It's uh, Puerto Vallarta uh, in Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So it's not an island, it's a peninsula. But uh, okay. anyway, um, this guy walks in, and he's got the harem pants on. So the big, baggy black pants. He's got a gigantic toucan to cover his man bun, and a very baggy white shirt. And, and all anybody can say is, Dude, like you look great, but you look super uncomfortable. It's hot, and he and his his answer is, "Well, that's just my swag." Like, <laughs> might have been my favorite line in the whole show. Like, are you hot in that, dude? Well, it's just my swag. Anyway, uh, which again, nicknamed Jesus because he has Jesus-length hair. Yeah, and looks like Jesus. It looks like a lot of character. looks like a Jesus sex god. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Okay. This was maybe this was me, but there were a few people who showed up on the island because these are supposed to be the hottest people ever. And there were a couple like men where I was like, Yeah, like I was like, Is that which, are you are you specifically man, talking man? about Bryce? <laughs> I <Yep>. Bryce, <laughs> we'll get to we'll get because to Bryce, Bryce is a little we'll creepy. Bryce. <laughs> Bryce needs we'll to stop winking at women and getting blackout <laughs> drunk. <laughs> 
Yeah, we need to talk about Bryce. We definitely need to talk about Bryce. So Jesus <laughs> comes in and he's trying Bryce. to figure out. Jesus was to, one of them, though. I'm like, yeah. He's trying You're to solve and have crime. A man bun. Like, that's not. That doesn't make you automatically hot. No, he's a good looking guy, man. Take them, he's Jesus. a good looking guy. Okay, there's yeah. a difference between good looking and reality show about hot people hot. Okay. And I didn't think he was that. Okay, and, well, and, and he also had no chat. You know, as they as they say in the show shit a lot. Chat, according to shit Jay. chat. Shit chat. He couldn't talk shit to any chat. of the girls. No, no. No ba I'm sure he's he had no ba You know what I mean? The British girl. In no ba ah, in there. In there. In there. Why do they? Uh, okay. Uh, yo, yo. Let's okay. move on from Jesus. Jesus was trying to solve the crime. He eventually did solve the crime and found the two girls out and they, all, they got out of for it. But beyond that, can we, can we talk about how much British, certain British people say in it? In it. And it's Chloe. like Canadians get, Canadian, Chloe. yeah, Chloe is one of the girls on the show and she's, it's, I think it's Cockney. Like it's yeah. this very thick. Essex, I think. Essex. Yeah, Essex. Southern British accent. Mm-hmm. And Not the like, good one. Not the good one. No, not, not the good one. And she, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, we're on this island in, in the great weather and we're all together in this great island, in it. And, and they, they, Cody I don't know comes what it is. And he's, and he's, he's so fit in it. And, uh, but we're all they, together. And sorry. They, they swing into every vowel uh, like George of the Jungle. Like, watch out mm-hmm. for that tree. Bam. Like, you know, and then, and what is within it? What does that mean? <laughs> it's, I think it's just a throw-in word, you know? Have you not It's seen? like, you know, how I just put that in there. It's just a throw-in word, in it? <laughs> in it. Have, have, you, have you not seen the, um, the British people be like meme on Twitter? Yes, I have seen that one. Oh, yeah. From time British to people time. be like, P-A-P-A-K-A. <laughs> and they'll spell it out, though. And then British people read it, and they're like, shit, we do talk like that. So <laughs> Chloe, Chloe's like kind of the ditzy young one. She's only 19. I looked this up. So, yeah, and, and she's, she, she says she's ditzy at the top. She's like, yeah, I'm not that really that smart. And it was yeah. like, and then when the new people right. join the island, she's like, please don't tell anyone I'm dumb. You know, <laughs> she says that. <laughs> But it's it's so it's very endearing. I found myself oh, as the course the series went along, being like, okay, I'm rooting for Chloe more and more because she seems very genuine, even though yes. she sweet. might not be all there, you know? She's yeah, yeah, she's sweet, and so is the Irish uh, the Irish girl, and her name is, and I'm looking it up right uh, now because I've got the whole cast, Nicole O'Brien. Yeah. Right. She sort of plays a background character, but she seems kind of fun too. You're like, okay, you guys you guys would be a pretty mm-hmm. wicked time to hang out with. Um, now. We got to move on, I guess, my, to my boy, David, who I have to be honest with you guys. If I was going to pick a favorite on the show, it's going to be David. He's, and it's only okay. because I've, I haven't seen it all the way through. He's reality show about hot people hot. Yeah. He is. He is. 100%. For sure. For sure. And David is ripped. But I wouldn't say David is like a, I don't know, like he's a good looking guy, but he's not like, he's not like Kel's hot, right? Like Kel's is hot, hot. So David. Is he? You know what I'm saying? We have different perspectives, man. So <laughs> there, I think there are definitely tears to the hotness of the people on the island because they're all tens, but some are like tens with a twist that just makes them elevens. And when yeah. Adam, I don't think you got there yet, but Corey, when Corey joins the island, he might be the hottest person in the show amongst a bunch of hot people. And it's a little I've ridiculous at how he has the entire package. So 
I David's yeah, definitely yeah, hot, yeah. but he's I mean, not Corey hot. <laughs> no, the Pierce no, nipples it, are it, a twist. So Corey, Corey's. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Corey in a second but Corey is shaped like a it wasn't v. the rings like it was his, the studs it was the <laughs> yeah Adam yeah, Anyways, he is shaped like a V he is he's, yeah. he's like a walking Dorito like except that he's in really good shape <laughs> um with but uh anyway Dorito with beautiful eyes so yeah David your favorite sure. your favorite mm. character David's my favorite let me tell you about David okay right, so David ahead. so we, we talked a little, we mentioned a little bit about Sharonda Sharon and Rhonda Mm-hmm. And Sharon's been Sharon had his heart broken. His last girlfriend, we find out, left him for his best friend. Can you imagine? Yeah. How dare Real tough. That would be terrible. And you would have your walls up. And Rhonda the whole time is like, hey, you know, David, bring down the walls. Like we're getting, you know, there's something here, there's something here. He won't bring down the wall. But his boy, David, who is my favorite, who has great oh, pa- He's he also speaks like that. He has, he he has really good does. chat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we have great pa- uh, We're all together <laughs> in the weather and so oh, David, man. oh man. So David David sort of moves in on that, but he does it in a polite way. But like they end up together and they they're doing this exercise where they're standing on the edge of each of them is standing on the edge of this mattress that they've got set up. And one of the things that they're trying to do, because remember they're trying to reform these sex addicts. Is there, there, they have you stare into your partner's eyes. David and Rhonda are teamed up and they stare into each other's eyes. And David, who's done several things along the way to be the sweetest guy ever, stares into her eyes and starts crying. And I went, that's what got me, man. I was like, yeah, I it's the first dude. moment in the series <laughs> where, you, where you see the heart. Yeah. <laughs> But like you just he cry. I want to hug. I him. don't understand why he cried. Because the eyes are the you something Shakespeare. You can look into the soul. Whatever. Yeah. And let me just say. Okay. Let me just say, just so flippin', like you're like, dude, like it's it's a thing where you're like, God, you know, when you see your best friend crying, you're like, I fucking love that guy. Mm-hmm. Stop crying, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing. You just want to give the guy a hug, and he's a great guy. So here's him and Rhonda starting to hit it off. But he sees sort of Sharon in the background floating on a pool noodle. And Sharon is not happy. And the camera actually catches him looking at both Rhonda and David. And, and you know, and and this kind of making also important, like in case any of you listening were wondering who to root for, Sharon is a short king. Sharon yeah. so, <laughs> has a little, little bit of little guy syndrome. You know? Yeah, but Jesse <laughs> couldn't possibly cheer for him. He can't relate. He's not a short king <laughs> no. like Sharon. Sharon is a short king. Pete Blackburn's guy is Sharon. Oh, yeah. yeah Him yeah, and Pete would course. get along heavy. Yeah. Yo, yeah. yo, they both have a great jawline, too. Pete's got a, like, chiseled jaw. I know. That? I was on a poster with him. I hated it. Oh, it was, man. <laughs> it's a, my, my hardest angle is up here. It's in my nose. Yeah. It's a, his, so eventually, his chin. It's very frustrating. Eventually, Rhonda tells them that she's going to go with Sharon and going to try and form a bond with him. Well, David's kind of out of the picture. Well, but David goes to Sharon first and says, listen, and this is my favorite, another favorite part of David. He sits down with Sharon. And he's like, hey, man, listen, obviously, you know what's been going on. Me and Rhonda, we've got something going. And, and Sharon is not happy. And then David's like, listen, you've been like, we've been friends since we got here and whatever. If you, you know, put yourself out there, if you get out there and you, and you take this, this and run with it, this baton and run with it, um, I will step out of the way. I'm not going to get in the way of you and Rhonda because I want you to be happy. And Sharon goes from pretty mad 
to like the happiest dude on the show and they have a big hug and it's flipping adorable. And again, David is the king. David is my king. He's the man. Um, and I just, I just want to say shout out to David, at least through the first half. We'll get yeah. to the second half later. Through the first half, David's an MVP. Is he not? Yeah, he's probably the MVP of the show so far. There's that episode six, it, yeah. The show is very tough because it's between the, okay, they never properly explain exactly how you win. Mm-hmm. Other it's than you're not best. allowed to best. just best. best like there. you're supposed to create emotional bonds as well as not have any sex. So some people their strategy was just, well, I'm just staying away from everybody which is not that's not how you do it mm-hmm. and david sort of just does nothing other than be extremely nice whereas <laughs> you're looking you're looking for growth like sharon showed growth he did at, at first he was <laughs> like the the whole time and then he sort of learned to calm down but like nicole was super nice but there was just nothing there yeah there's Corey, nothing to grow because she didn't, yeah. there's no relationship there for her to show with that she's growing. Right. So, this yeah. is, and this is the important thing about everyone new who comes to the island. Mm-hmm. Not only are they reality show about hot people hot, but they all show up like, I'm an asshole and I'm going to break all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to fill this empty vessel. Mm. And, yeah. you know, so you needed, the show needed Francesca badly. Yeah. Right. And Harry badly. Yeah. And Haley, I guess they just decided, no, Francesca can be an asshole without her. <laughs> and then she turned into super Haley because she had to be an asshole all by herself. And, oh, it was a great show. <laughs> so do we leave it there for now and then pick it back up uh, on Sunday? Or do Perhaps. we want to talk about any other events? Or do we uh, want to talk is- about Bryce? Oh, yeah. Bryce. Let's talk, yeah, about, Bryce. talk about Bryce. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so Jesse. Yeah. Jesse. Mm-hmm. You ever met a Bryce before? I don't. I don't know if I've ever met a Bryce, but I know of yeah, Bryces. Are. I've I've met Bryces, I should say. Yeah, they're not in my you've life met, often, but I've met them. You've met men with outrageous confidence based on nothing. Yes. So, nothing. So Bryce, not a thing. Bryce's personality surrounds around the fact that he uh, lives on a yacht, and <laughs> he lives on. A, let's let me let me just pause you there. He lives on a boat. He doesn't <laughs> you, necessarily live on a yacht. There's you wouldn't a big call it a, Okay. Not necessarily. Yacht is yacht implies serious wealth. And and as Haley, the the British girl says, British. I can't tell if he's broke because he lives on a boat or if he's really just super rich. Like you can't really you don't know. So he does mm-hmm. live on a boat. Is it a yacht? Not sure. Bryce lives on a boat. He drinks heavily. He mm-hmm. likes to wink. He uh, chases uh, Chloe, the youngest girl on the island. Uh, and then he has zero chat. And he's Bryce. Nothing. And he's not, he's not the most attractive person on the island. That's for sure. No. no. And no, I don't know how, what you pick about Bryce to root for. <laughs> That's, I was it's left sitting there. What am I supposed to be cheering for when I look at Bryce? His redemption arc <laughs> is far too sharp. Yeah. And... Also, he's one of those guys who my biggest problem with with the redemption arcs that so many people had on the island is like, no, you haven't grown and you you aren't showing like, oh, I'm just going to block it all out. I'm not going to have set. No one wanted to. 
No one wanted to. <laughs> and so many of these people were having to cope with no one really wanting to bang them for the first time in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And well, he I, I was, it hit, it hit him hard. That guy yeah. definitely left the island broken. I, like, I, I'm trying to figure man. out who would want to have sex in that, with a guy, that guy in normal life. Like, I don't understand. Like, he, so here's, here's the deal. They yeah, bring him on. And he talks about all these parties that he throws on the boat, right? Oh, yeah. He talks about all these. these his, his not yacht. Crazy boat parties. Just crazy. And in L.A., you know, you got to do stuff to stand out because everybody looks beautiful. Like, all these girls remind me of the girls in L.A. So you got to have something that, you know, makes you stand out. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And he's like, so sometimes, you know, I'll play a little piano. And then I sing. And that's what gets him. I'm like, you better be really fucking good at both of those. Because if you can sing a little, that's not going to impress people. People are harsh about that shit. If you can play piano a little, that's not going to impress people either. So they. So his first night on the island, they throw, they throw a party his first night on the island. Everybody's out on the beach. There's a single keyboard in the middle of the sand. And then Bryce walks over. He's like, I'm going to show you guys what I'm about. He walks over this keyboard, plays like three chords. And everyone's just kind of standing around swaying, being like, what the no, hell do I do? Here's what he says. He starts it with, he starts it with, I'm going to play you a song I wrote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. No, no. Oh, forgot it was an original. Is, and, then, and then you, you screw that up and now you got to be on the island with these people for three more weeks. <laughs> and that was your yeah. first impression. And he That's shows where he up lost and it. like, and this is, this is what I'm talking about, about reality show about people. Uh, sorry, reality show about hot people hot? Mm-hmm. I, I think he's barely regular hot. Like this guy, like when you, <laughs> they're rude. all, they're, I don't care. And I know his feelings yeah. on the matter at the end. And I know who's talking. <laughs> I had peanut butter cookies yesterday. I didn't give it a second thought. I don't care, Bryce. I know what it looked like. But this guy saunters onto the island and like, and he's not even original cast right no he's supposed he's to be day, the day like four or something day three he's fresh meat yeah. and he's supposed mm-hmm. to walk in there the hottest shit ever like Corey, like uh-huh. you said and this dude walks on and you're like okay i know they're all drinking all the time but like this guy's actually walking in like with with the with the hairline and the body like a bag of milk and just <laughs> outrageous confidence just outrageous yeah. just and i'm like where does any of this come from yeah, his confidence walked, at the beginning is ridiculous. First thing, first thing I thought was he's not reality show about hot people hot. Second thing was he's been to more than one prom. <laughs> no. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Is that a thing you're allowed to say? Is that a thing? Steve Dangle pulling up from half court now you might have had an older girlfriend <laughs> yo you might i went to two proms i had an older girlfriend yo did, maybe he went steve, to two proms did steve just jump over the french guy at the olympics and dunk he like, did Whoo! it's over ladies and gentlemen Damn. Over. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible all right. Oh man. But yeah. So Bryce isn't anybody to root for. No, he's not. And, and, and Chloe tries to go thought. Chloe tries Wait, to go on first, a date with him. Who was the yeah, first girl? Bless her. Who was Chloe. the first girl? What? Who was the first girl Bryce went after? Chloe. 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 Fresh fresh off of her prom. 
Yes, she's 19. <laughs> she's 19. Damn, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he try Chloe and Bryce, they go on a date because Bryce fancies Chloe. And then they have this little date and they can't get a conversation started outside of Bryce wants to kiss her. <laughs> Is is their conversation? <laughs> so the so and they have a bunch of that was the chocolate strawberries one, right? Yes. Wasn't that yeah. no? That was David. No, that was David. That was David. Sorry, my oh, was that, that was David. My boy David also struck out with Chloe. Yeah, yeah, but like no. Anyway, so yeah, they have this date and nothing happens, and Chloe's like, I can't do this. I like geezers, but not him. So God bless her for trying. I like geezers, but not him. I don't know if he was the oldest one, but he looked it. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and it's not like it about was... looking haggard. It's I I don't know. He seemed like at least my age, right? I can tell you right now. I have the age of. I, I wonder if the producers were like, okay, there's too much likability on He's this show. Like, there's too there's too many people you could root for. Let's throw someone in with absolutely nothing to offer. <laughs> because that's their guy like 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 we gotta have some throwaways here and he seems like a throwaway like i said i said yacht because my theory was he was a really rich kid like his dad is like the the head of netflix and then his dad who's the head of netflix is like hey writers of too hot to handle can you put up my son on this he needs something to do that's what my theory was but that's completely off base Oh, you know, so Bryce, (laughs) Bryce, I, by the end of the show, I felt bad for him because I'm like, okay, if the show was actually about personal growth, this guy, I, no prospects of a relationship, none. And by the end of it, I'm like, does he have friends? Like, like, because by, it seemed like every time he was in the interview room, he was like, this is the first time I talked to anyone all day. Uh, I just want (laughs) to just get my feelings out. Talk to the production staff. How you guys doing? You need water? I'll go get water. And like, <laughs> this poor guy was actually isolated for several weeks after being like, "I'm my dad is the CEO of Netflix or whatever." Adam said or Jesse said. <laughs> he's twenty. By the way, he's twenty nine. He's twenty nine. Oh, he really? The only one. The one I have says twenty seven. Okay. I believe Adam. Well, yeah. I, just, I would believe. I'm just reading 29. what the, the 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 like the London Sun wrote or something like that. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, I have Oprah. He's Mag. the only one. I thought he was the only one who made progress because he had to, rather than I, he chose to. Every mm. like everyone grew together, whereas he was just like, he might as well have been playing that shit alone. I can tell you this: he is the only one on the show with less than a hundred thousand followers. It's at like thirty k. No, it's he's at seventy nine now or seventy two oh. now. Oh, okay, but yeah. when I checked, yeah. But like, like to to compare and contrast, uh, the Aussie guy who's super tall has eight hundred thousand. Yeah. So <laughs> you could tell there are some favorites. By the way, this guy Bryce has a cameo, and do you know what cameo is? Oh no! You can oh, yes. you can pay Bryce for like shoutouts, like personal shoutouts. Should we? How much they cost? Oh, I've yes. Good. Oh. Yo, hey, it's Bryson. You're watching the Steve Dangle podcast. Thirty-five bucks. That's it. One of my friends Dude. got. One of my friends got one of the guys from Ninety Day Fiance to send a birthday message to my wife. Oh, I'm sending you guys this link. This is um. So, speaking of Instagram followers, uh, the one thing, uh, the reason I didn't like. Uh, the way it ended, Adam, you haven't gotten there yet. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about it. So should we wait? Just should by we the wait? end should of the show, I just don't think Francesca grows at all and should get zero credit for it because she was on the show to 
become famous on Instagram like she already was. And then now, if you look at her profile, it's at like a million and a half followers. I was like, she's not going to well, learn and, from this. And at one point, I think she said something like, I don't even care about the money. I make lots of money on Instagram yeah. or whatever. Every time and I check this, it, it goes up. I think was the line. Well, like this, this, this was a very important part of the prize money and not knowing where it goes. Because mm-hmm. the pot goes down. Like, Adam, I don't know how far down you've seen it got it get to. But let's say it got down to 75 grand. And then yeah. you start doing the math of, okay, 75 divided by 12. And then you're like, man, if they lose any more money, and then you start doing, like, what does the average person make? And then you're like, their prize money is going to be like less than like a, it's going to be minimum like wage. $40,000 income. <laughs> it's going to be less than the plane ticket to Mexico. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, ah. Uh, I don't. I didn't get it. I didn't, it was. Oh, it, was it was very confusing. And I feel like now that they've done a season of the show, the writers who just completely had they had the, they went to the island literally with a budget and a concept. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing else. And now that they've done one season, I think season two is going to be a banger because they actually know how to do it. I legitimately oh, yeah. think they came up with how they were doling out the prize money the night before. You have to come out with some sort of just elimination and rules and a goal to get to you can't just put the people there and be like hey it's kind of wacky who knows the money's gonna go somewhere detective jesus when he was like lana was it this person no but i literally lana is obviously an actor being paid to talk like lana and i think the people behind they they asked me who did it (laughs) tell them (laughs) If he gets it right, okay. No, it was not. <laughs> yeah. He just kept asking. I, he knows. He knows, man. But yes, <laughs> I think they came up with it on the spot. Here's yeah. what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying, guys. They're gonna do this again. It's gonna be more money. But you know what could make the show better mm-hmm. is if they did have some sort of elimination. But the people have to stick around so they can mess with the people that are not eliminated. Oh, one thing is my goal is to make out with everyone. Yeah, so like when you have <laughs> when you have elimination, it That's sort of sucks good. because like you lose good characters, right? Good characters get eliminated. Evil ones, like good one, like whatever. So you, if you can't get eliminated, you can get eliminated from the prize money, and you've got nothing to lose. There could be something really cool. So then that. you're just on the island as a temptation for everybody. Exactly. That's and, good. Adam. But no one knows you've been eliminated. No one knows uh, if you've been eliminated. So, like, your whole time <laughs> left on the island. Imagine if someone was such a piece of shit. They just spent, they got they get eliminated, like, week one. And then they just spend three weeks, like, catfishing someone, uh, basically. Oof. Right? Oof. Oof. Oof, right? It's like how to lose a guy in or, on an island. Or, or your whatever. challenge, you have to have, you have a secret challenge to get back in. So you have to get someone else. Like you, you traded spots, right? There's right. one one person who will not get prize money, and you can't reveal that. And you've got to you got to get somebody else in your spot. To, so you got to betray someone else. You oh. kind of take it from like the. Do you remember on the circle where they had the influencers? So like the top two, and how every week it kind of like you drop from the top two. So you kind of take that idea where you have a. If you're in the top two, then you're in the money, and then you're kind of trying to get people into the money, sort of. I like it's it. a good idea. See like how we're like writing? 
on the fly. Beforehand. <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> like they might steal some of these ideas. Um, I don't know. I th- Rhonda and uh, have you gotten to Rhonda's secret, Adam? She has a secret. She has a secret. Oh. I haven't. Okay, she has, so let's leave it there. We'll go to the next time. next episode. We'll do Rhonda's we'll lead off with Rhonda's secret because yeah. we're about to bring Haley on in a, in about five minutes here anyway. Um, but there are a couple things we probably should talk about. The first thing being the quarantine cup, which happens Friday, part two. Now, Dangle Navy's up three nothing. However, Jesse, you yes. were part of a practice today. I was not. Yeah, just before we hopped on this podcast, I was practicing with extra toasties. Did not go well. So Pete Blackburn was on Twitch, and he, he was streaming our, our practice, and we were just playing a random team online. We lost that first game. And then a couple people in the Twitch stream were like, hey, let's get together and try and beat extra toasties. So a bunch of random people in the comments sent their PSNs to each other, and they formed a team of like four people. And we played them, and we lost. Three two. Oh, 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 oh shit! <laughs> so, so, you're just trying to soften us up. You're trying to make us. You're trying to take us off our well. game. But we'll damn, see. damn. Yeah. Uh-uh. I scored two oh. goals over the course of two games, so I'm feeling good. I mean, Ooh. I'm I'm the tournament's leading scorer right now. So, <laughs> Adam, if you could if you could show up to one of our practices, I will. Friday, I will definitely show up to one of them. <laughs> I will show up to one of them. You will get me at one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we haven't had a full squad practice either, which is very difficult. We've only had like max four people each time. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You got to practice, man. You know how you get to Carnegie Hall, don't you? Practice. You don't. You get swept. Nah, ooh, ah, we'll ah, see. And whether or ah. not it turns out to be a sweep where one team gets eliminated before the other, we're going to play all four games on Friday and, of course, be raising money for American and Canadian charity. So if you want to do- donate to the Canadian charity, you can watch the SDP uh, 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 stream. All the details details will be there, and we'll be you know shouting them out online, obviously. And then uh, if you're on the American side of the border, I believe I believe the charity is Feed America. Feeding America, yeah. Feeding America. Um, what's our charity on the Canadian side? ConquerCovid19. There you go. So and the loser got, has to uh, pay 300 bucks to you can play. Bingo. Nice. So uh, it's going to be a great one, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Now, there's a couple things we're going to do before we talk about the NWHL. There is a chance, and a pretty good chance, that June, June, late June, will be when we hold the draft. Now, this is weird because they're looking at doing the draft potentially in the middle of the end of the regular season, assuming hockey's back, or just as the playoffs begin. And there are many questions, and I'm going to run through a couple of them that Elliot Friedman has. First one, what do you do with conditional picks based on where teams finish in the playoffs, or even if they make the playoffs at all? Number two, how do you deal with players who would be able to start next season elsewhere if the 2020-2021 NHL start is delayed later to later in the year? So. This includes CHL, NCAA, European players, although their situations are unclear right now. Would those players be removed from their teams and given the opportunity to join NHL camps? Teams who know they're going to the playoffs will be unable to trade players they want to use draft picks. Um, and because of the possibility of expanded playoffs, someone asked if one team could actually win the lottery and then the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Imagine. Ah, that is the would only be option here just to not hold it in June. I I don't understand why it has to be in June. 
Yeah, if we're like, having hockey, who cares about the draft? Like, yeah, I don't like, wait, and, man. Well, well, and there's lots of questions based on when this season starts and that. So don't have it. Like, you miss the three-day training camp that you have at the beginning of July that no one wants to go to. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the problem? Yeah. What's the problem? Well, and and if if a player is good enough to make it they're good enough to make it. And all of those players who are going to be drafted this year are going to be training all summer anyway. So it's not like, you know, especially if, like, let's say you're Nick Robertson, right? Where, who's got a legitimate shot at making the Leafs. And I'm just using him as an example. Sure. You could use Alexis Lafreniere if, you know, depending upon who gets him, probably will make his team. Those guys are going to be training all summer anyway. So whenever training camp happens, and I would assume that if the NHL does start in late June, early July, and that's what we're harboring under that assumption, um, if the NHL does start up, those guys are going, are going to be fine. Look, Frenier especially because he's not drafted, but they're going to be training all summer, and they'll be ready to go by October whenever new training camp starts. So I have a hard time believing that that's a big problem. I think it's just, for me, we're dealing with a union situation where the union has to come together, and I think they'll do this. They have to come together and vote to extend their own contracts because June 30th is the date. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, their contracts aren't based on 82 games played or this many games played on the playoffs or the Stanley Cup being awarded. What I would be concerned about if I'm a player is, you know, you have to extend your contract past June 30th. When's free agency? That would be the big one for me. And I think it'll be very, very interesting to see how the NHL sort of plans that out. Is free agency Labor Day weekend? They're trying to... <laughs> like, imagine... They're trying to plan their strategy for a race with no determined length. They're trying to win a reality show where there's no stipulations on how you collect the money. (laughs) They're literally trying to win too hot to handle right now. (laughs) It's very true. And it's screwing up their prom. It will. Is what it's doing. It's screwing up everyone's prom. You know what will really screw up, and I hate to bring this up, Steve, is Sportsnet. You imagine hockey and baseball are back. Baseball's on every day. Mm-hmm. Hockey will be on every day. Uh, they have uh, both. I don't, I don't think you'll find a Sportsnet employee that'll complain. No, I think <laughs> yeah. they're pretty pumped about After that. Uh, we yeah. w- we want to work on games. And, we want the, there the to NBA be sports. too. They've got half the NBA games too. Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll die. <laughs> like, oh, it'll be very hard, but it'll also be great. It'll be one of those things where it's difficult during, but. A, you'll get to keep your job, and and B, we'll all get to talk about that time in 2020 mm. that was the greatest time in sports in human history. Yeah. Think about that. Everything is happening at once. Yeah, and no anyway, one saw no the one's game a- in stadium. Yeah, and no one was allowed in stadium, so yeah. it didn't matter when the games were. Really, you're not. You know, it's not a Leaf playoff game going up against a Taylor Swift concert. And you got to figure all that out. Uh, it's it could be the greatest time in sports ever, but you know it's. I feel like like in Ontario anyway, we received the news that we had our worst day ever, but we're trending towards the best, the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking like, hey, what about May two four and what's going on and. I think everyone's got to chill, man. People are getting Everyone's got to. Yeah. There will be no chill. There no, will be no chill. I, no, I know and that. you can't tell people like, to chill because they won't. No. It's, it, it won't it, happen. It sucks not knowing. It sucks worse getting your hopes up. No, it right? doesn't. Right? 
I'm just <laughs> give me all the hope. People, I don't care if it has to be hopes are already up here, Steve. I need it's the hope. Oh, man. No, man, I need the hope to keep going. What does it suck <laughs> to get your hopes up? Even if it's extended a couple of weeks, who cares? Let's just talk about hope here for a second. Hope is I great. Mean, hope, I, hope I will say this. Good. I'm, I'm finally at the point where I'm so thirsty for sports where, cause everyone's like, Oh yeah, start the playoffs right away or do this plan. And I'm like, how about this? Finish the season. There, there were a dozen games left for each team. Like what, how long is that going to take? And it'll be the schedule. It, it'll be terrible hockey. It'll be great. Yeah. But like, if they start the playoffs right away, they'll die. They'll die. Like I, I, I got to talk to Matt Dumba today um, of the Minnesota wild. It was on uh, Sportsnet's Instagram live. And I was just like, so what do you do? Because if it's a so- if you're a soccer player, it's hard enough to train. If you're a basketball player, it's hard enough to train. How many of these guys have a 200 foot rink in their backyard? None of them. None of them. Yeah. Unless you're Jeremy Roenick. Unless you're yeah. Then unless you got you're then you them. have then you have an Olympic facility in your backyard, and that's you know that that backyard makes me feel great every time there's lockout talk. So what did what did Matt Dumba say? Oh, he's basically like, well, you know, I'm just trying to stay in shape, basically. But like these guys are, yeah. Like I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of them, and I'm just like, like they're all in like the Bruins broadcast last night where they were rewatching Game Seven of the 2011 Cup Final. Like, it doesn't sound like they're in beast mode exactly. No, you know what I mean. And I don't expect them to be on the ice because obviously they can't be but like you guys are expecting them to jump directly into playoff hockey you're nuts i, I it's not gonna think, happen right i think it would be great. it won't be like they won't do it but i think it would be just phenomenal i think it'd like, be so much there will be there will be fewer connected passes than shots on goal by the end of the first period <laughs> like it'll it'll be awful it'll be the worst hockey you've ever watched well that's okay and I'm yet okay with some it'll be hockey. great We've watched some bad leaf hockey this year that's just been stale and boring. So at least this would be just erratic. And I'm saying finish the regular season. Well, if, prob- if- that will be what happens. Yeah. So uh, we're going to bring on Haley in just a second here. So let's pause and we'll be right back. And we're going to talk about the NWHL expansion into Toronto. And welcoming back to the show, I think this has got to be like your fourth or fifth time, Haley Salvian from The Athletic. <laughs> Woo! So excited to have you. So Haley, I mean, you've been following this story and I, I, I feel like, you knew today was coming for a while, but Toronto gets the long-rumored NWHL team that has been talked about and talked about and talked about. I, I think we mentioned it earlier on the show. 2016 was the first time we heard about it, maybe even earlier than that. 16 or 17. How did, how did this all come together? How long has it been in the works? And uh, can you get into, you know, I mean, we don't even know things like the name of the team, where they're going to be playing. Do you have any hints on that too? Yeah, well, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think it was around 2016, the 2016-17 season that reports first started coming out about, um, you know, there was never really, you know, a concrete plan. There was never a big official announcement, but the NWHL had expressed interest in expanding into Canada. That would have been at around year two or three of the NWHL because it wasn't launched until 2015. Um, But then that never came to fruition. And then the, the, you know, the one time that I reported on it, once I started covering women's hockey was immediately after the CWHL folded, which would have been a year ago in March or May, excuse me, March, sorry, I'm getting my dates mixed up. So it would have been a year ago in March that the CWHL folded. 
Um, and that was the first time that I personally reported on, you know, an expansion into Toronto. Um, and that was something that the NWHL wanted to do. Um, you know, they wanted to step into that marketplace after they saw all those teams get wiped out. They expressed interest in going to Toronto and Montreal um, just because the geography, it would have uh, been more cost effective than, you know, expanding into Calgary or, you know, one of the China teams. Um, but then there was a lot of pushback from the PWHPA. Obviously, that association was formed in May after the NWHL expressed that interest. So the league kind of backed off and said, you know what, if 200 players are going to be boycotting us, we're not going to work on, you know, putting money and, and time into an expansion team. Um, so they kind of put that aside. And then, you know, they, you know, they say that they had a really great year. I haven't seen any of the books, um, but, you know, they say they have, a, they had a good season this year. Um, and Canada is something that they wanted to do. And, and they saw an opportunity. And obviously, they found that there was some players that were interested in rejoining their league in the Toronto market. Um, so yeah, now it's official. But I, I've known for a little while that something was coming. Um, but yeah, today is the official day. Hmm. So if this has been coming for a little while, do you know how much, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know there's a pandemic. Um, <laughs> do you know how much uh, this has affected plans? If it's helped it in some odd way or if it's pushed things back? Um, it, that's a good question. And I mean, I think it would be purely speculative. I mean, there there could be some players who were part of the PWHPA who you know, I, I know that there was some some talk and some speculation, you know, the PWHPA, they don't say it outright all the time, but what they want is an NHL back league. And the reality of the NHL creating a women's hockey league when they're losing so much money right now due to this pandemic, it's maybe not the most realistic thing in the world. And, and that is purely speculation on my part. I don't have that, you know, officially, there was a league in, in the works or that, you know, now they can't make one um sorry my my dog's walking around he's really loud um you know that's speculation on my part but perhaps some of the players you know maybe realize that and thought you know what you know we're gonna be not playing that many games we're gonna be doing this tour again for we don't know how long the nwhl is over here they're announcing all these new numbers they're announcing all these great things why don't we jump over there? I think it just, I don't know how much the, this pandemic had to do with it. I think to the core of it, it's just that the NWHL presented a better opportunity to some of these players. The five players that have signed already, they're not national team players. Um, they're not on Hockey Canada or, or USA Hockey. Um, they're, they're players who are now going to be able to make around $20,000 a year. They're going to play 20 hockey games and they're going to play in their backyard. Well, they probably still work their full-time job. And I think they just made the decision that it was the best thing for them. When it comes to relations between the PWHPA and the NWHL, you know, we've, we've heard things back and forth that they'd communicated. Uh, and then another side said, well, you know, we didn't communicate. And one side said, well, yeah, we did, but like, the, we're, we're just not on the same page. And, you know, there's a lot of, it's a very complicated issue and we don't need to get back into the history too much because it's already been reported on uh, widely. But do you sense maybe somewhat of a thaw in relate in the relationship between the NWHL and the PWHPA? Um, and, and I guess as an adjunct to that, when you have five players who, yeah, they're not national team players, but they were a part of the PWHPA. You know, they believed in what they stood for. When you have them sign with the NWHL and make that choice, 
pretty tough choice, I would think. How do you think that they came to that decision? And, you know, what do you think the ramifications are for that? Yeah, and I think that it's a really complex relationship between the two sides. And yeah, there is a ton of that back and forth. And it's a lot of he said, she said, um, things can get really blown up, especially in the media um, with that memo that went out and the webinars and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I, I think kind of like I mentioned for these players to come to the decision to leave, um, you know, I, I believe one of the players, she didn't even play a full um, season with the PWHPA. She had left the movement halfway through the year. Um, and some of the players maybe even only played around one or two of the showcases. So that's a handful of hockey games. Um, you're not making money. Um, if you play in a showcase, it's either in your home. So in Toronto, there was two showcases. Um, or you're going to Arizona or Philadelphia or California, which is fine. But if you're working a full-time job, that might not be available to you. Um, they had some training centers where you could practice, but, you know, it, it wasn't a professional league. It's, it's not a professional league. You know, it's an association. They're boycotting because they want something better. Um, and I think at the beginning for some of the players, it, you know, they, they truly believe that there could be something better, maybe quicker than it's happened. Um, you know, the NHL has been steadfast that they're not going to get involved until there's no options for women. Um, and the NWHL is, is trucking on and, and they continue to make it clear that they're not going anywhere. Um, they got more investment this year. They have more money. Uh, they've now expanded and now two of their teams are privately owned. Um, so by all accounts, the NWHL is doing well. Um, and if you believe that the NHL is not going to get involved until the NWHL is gone, then how much longer are a lot of these players willing to wait? It's different for the national team members than it is for the girls who just work full time and want to play hockey. Um, and, and the reality is, is a lot of those players who are giving up playing hockey while they're still in their prime, because these girls are, these women are, you know, between 25 and, and 30 years old, they're in the prime of their career and they're not playing. Um, some of those players will not make a WNHL if there is one. So for them, it comes to a point where do you give up your hockey career to fight for something that you're not going to be a part of? And I think that's part of that discussion. Um, and then there's also the question of, is it ever going to happen? Um, it's super complicated. Yeah, I feel like no. I ramble so much when no, I no. talk about it, but it's a it's podcast. Just, so we want your answer. On there. <laughs> yeah. No, this is what, yeah. this is why you're here. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the great thing about our show is you can actually be nuanced with it because we don't have to move you on too quickly, right? You can get into the, the nuts and bolts of things. And so, you know, that, that's, I mean, I think that's the hardest part for, for everybody because I think everybody's united in the sense that everybody wants women's hockey to succeed. Mm -hmm. but I think what we're, where people sort of split is down the middle. And, and it's unfortunate that every time there's an announcement, people feel the need to take sides. Yeah. I mean, today, at least from my perspective, was a big win for women's hockey. You know, you're talking mm -hmm. about one of the best markets for hockey anywhere in the world. And there's a professional hockey team here again for women. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, regardless of the split between the two, uh, this is a huge win. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if, and, and I don't know if you see this, but do you see an, a day when it's possible that the NWHL can meet the demands that the PWHPA, not necessarily, I mean, I guess you could call them demands, but just the request that they have of, here's what we need a professional framework to look like. A living wage. A hundred percent. And how far away are they from that? Because the NWHL is a business and 
as a business can only pay so much. They've got a 50-50 revenue split like the NHL does. I mean, um, it might take a while for them to find the revenue to do that. Do you think they're, they're closer than it might seem? Is this something that they're ever going to be able to satisfy for the PWHPA? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe I'll just first say, like, what do you guys consider a livable wage, especially if you're living in, in places like Toronto, yeah. Boston, and New York? Because right now the salaries are $20,000, and that's been deemed, you know, this is the best year ever. You're going to make twenty grand this year. Yeah. Mind you, they're only playing 20 games. You're not playing a full, like, NHL docket. Um, but I, I think it's a, it's a ways away from what I believe that the PWHPA thinks that they deserve. And, and, you know, when you think of the CWHL, you know, Mary Philippe Poulin, who is by all accounts, the Sidney Crosby of, of women's hockey, she made maximum $10,000. Um, so when you think of that and you, and you look at just how talented and important these players are and can be, um, it's still a ways away from, I think, what they would believe is a livable, livable wage. I, I don't think they're asking for $100,000, um, but they want to be able to play hockey full-time and not have to work full-time on the side. So, you know, I think that wage is going to be quite high. And um, if twenty grand is where they're at right now, it's still a ways away. Um, and it's other things, you know, the the NWHL has increased the amount of practice time. You know, they they have rinks now for them to to practice at. I think two to three times a week. They've said for next season, which is an improvement. Um, the practices are quite late at night because these players are still working full time. That's something that the PWHP doesn't like. They don't want to practice at 10 p.m. at night, eight nine o'clock. Um, they want to have their practice. You know, like you'd go to Leafs practice at 10 a.m. Right? It's, yeah your job you're doing that during the day you go to practice you work out you get your rehab you get your food whatever and then you have the rest of your day to relax like a true professional and those are the things I believe that they're asking for and um it's it's the other little things too you know they truly believe that the only way to be successful is to have that um true true partnership with the National Hockey League not just by name association but you know it's the it's the inf- the structure, it's the marketing, it's everything that's put behind it. You know, they don't just want someone to slap a sticker and say, you know, the Leafs support the PWHPA. They want, you know, a, a woman's Toronto Maple Leafs or a woman's Bruins and, and everything that comes with that. You know, they haven't come out and said that too many times, but when when they talk about the things that they want, they point to the WNBA, they point to what's happening in, in soccer with the National Women's Soccer League right now. And, and those two examples are true, true partnerships between the NBA and the WNBA. And then um, the National Women's Soccer League is a bit different because the MLS is partnered and then so is Canada soccer and, and U.S. soccer. But um, those two examples that they point to of what they want um, would indicate that they want, you know, a true partnership with the NHL and I don't think the NHL truly believes in in the NWHL's model either. Mm-hmm. Gary Bettman has kind of said in some words, like, I'm not going to kibosh their league, um, but I don't believe Gary believes in the NWHL model the same way he didn't believe in the CWHL model. So it's, yeah, it's just very complicated. Okay. Um, <laughs> go, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so they, they don't have a home right now beyond Toronto. It's a big place. There's several arenas. Um, Do you think the NHL or the PWHPA or somebody would try to get in the way of 
saying, well, you can't play in Scotiabank Arena or you can't play in Coca-Cola Coliseum? Or do you think those arenas are too big? Like, are they even looking at them? It, it's just confusing to me that they're moving to Toronto with no rink, <clears throat> no defined rink to play in. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, I was told that, you know, nothing is final yet. They're making good strides. They don't have an arena solidified yet. Um, they don't have a team name solidified yet. Um, I don't think that the Leafs or, you know, the, the PWHB will try to put a kibosh on anything. I think that would probably be a PR disaster. Um, <laughs> like if the Toronto Maple Leafs came in and said like, no women's hockey players, you can't come here. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I do think that they'll probably look for something that's smaller. Um, you know, the, the Toronto Furies played at MasterCard Center um, at the, that Hockey Canada pad. And then the Markham Thunder played at the Thornhill Community Center in, I guess, Markham. Um, or I don't know where that, Richmond Hill. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I lived, I lived in Liberty Village. I was in a bubble. Um, <laughs> so I think that they would probably look for, you know, something on a smaller scale. I don't think they would try for Scotiabank or Coca-Cola. Um, they would probably try like a, I don't know, like a Westwood arena, um, a community center type, maybe MasterCard center, something that um, they would be able to fill the stands. Do you have any idea what the next market the NWHL might lo- be looking to expand to? Because Toronto is uh, the obvious well, one. Is the next one Montreal or another place in the GTA possibly? I'd probably say if they're going to continue to expand into Canada, that Montreal would be probably the the second one, considering when they made their first, or I guess they're technically their second push, um, they expressed interest in both Toronto and Montreal. You know, you would get to do the, you'd probably just go Buffalo, Toronto, Montreal, and then go back home if you're like a Boston team going on a road trip. I think that would probably make the most sense. And, and Montreal is a pretty big women's hockey market. Um, some fans have said they want one in Ottawa as well. Um, but there was no established CWHL market. I think that's probably the important part is when you're looking at expanding and even with the PWHPA, um, when you're looking at putting on events, it's, it's been shown that they do better when it's in an established women's hockey market. Um, so, you know, when the PWHPA did their Toronto showcase, it did really well when they were in Kingston, that's Jaina Hefford's hometown. It did really well. Um, but smaller areas like New Hampshire or, you know, uh, Arizona aren't going to perform as well because there was no established, you know, marketplace and fan base from a, a previous professional team. So I would say Montreal is uh-huh. probably next. And do you think, would that be ready for this coming season or would that be something that would be maybe next year? We have you on and we're talking about that then. <laughs> um, I think Toronto would be ready. Like Toronto will be ready for next season, but I think if they announce, they would probably see how this goes and then see what happens in the next year. Cause I think when you think of everything that's happened in women's hockey in just a year, it's pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Um, So they'll probably wait and see what's going to happen in the next 12 months before they make another decision. So then um, with, with you talked about the ownership situation with the NWHL. So there's, there's a few teams that are league owned and then there's a couple that are privately owned. And I believe the Toronto one is privately owned. Is it not? Yeah. Okay. So can you tell us what you know about the ownership group? I don't know. It's a three way operation. Um, what the connection is and, and even, you know, even some background, like how, how did they get the owners in place? Are these people local Torontonians? Are they from somewhere else? Like what's their story? Yeah. So, um, the first team, so I guess the first team that was technically privately owned was the Buffalo Buttes. They were owned by the Pagoulas. 
Um, but then when the boycott started, the Pagulas pulled out of their ownership and then the Buttes were sold back to the NWHL. Um, and then this year, the first team that began private ownership after the Pagulas was the Boston Pride. Um, so the, the gentleman who is part of the ownership group of the Pride is also involved in the ownership group of this Toronto franchise. Um, and as of right now, there's actually no Canadians involved in the ownership or management or coaching of this franchise. Wow. Um, there's a few players who are Canadian and have ties to Toronto, but there's no Canadians involved in this Canadian expansion team at this time. Interesting. Um, yeah. 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 And most mm. of them, are, I think, are, have like Boston ties. Um, you know, the, the big the big name that's maybe more familiar to some women's hockey um, people is Digit Murphy. Uh, she was a longtime coach of Brown University, uh, and then she also coached in the CWHL. She coached the Boston Pride, and then she went out to China and coached the Chinese expansion team uh, before the one folded, and then she uh, no longer worked with the CWHL. Um, two of the players that signed with Boston were coached by Digit previously, um, so I, I, I heard that some of her recruitment was going through the CWHL marketplace and you know going to the Furies players and the Thunder players and players that she had coached previously um, but as far as the owners yeah they're I think they're mostly Boston one of the um, main names is uh, her name is Ty Timinia I'm, I think I butchered her last name uh, but her name's Tyler um, and she's the the chairwoman of this Toronto franchise and her background was actually in minor league baseball like she was a a baseball executive. She's 41 and now she's moving into hockey. Um, Christina Rutherford actually did a nice piece on kind of, you know, her rise in baseball into women's hockey now. Um, but as far as background as to how that all came together, I haven't become, you know, too privy to those details. But um, for the most part, I, I think, you know, it was the, the gentleman from Boston who, who was the main lead on buying the pride. Um, you know, he obviously, those Boston ties to Digit Murphy led to this Toronto expansion. Um, how Digit got tied to Toronto, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like a, a Massachusetts, Boston, Toronto expansion, it seems. When I saw this I <laughs> news, do you see that being a problem? Oh, yeah, sorry. Though with the lack of Toronto ties to the team that will be based out of here? I think that it, it'll be interesting to see, like, are they all going to move to Toronto? Are you guys going to manage the team from Boston and, and just call Toronto? Like, I, I think it is their plan to have more Canadian and Toronto people involved. They don't have a general manager or a coach yet. They have, you know, their ownership. They have a chairperson, chairwoman. Um, and then they have the president, which is Digit. Um, so I, I think it's a priority for them to get somebody who's going to be, you know, on the ground that's from the area. Um, cause you just think about little things like marketing in that area and, you know, little things like where to play, um, who are the minor league hockey teams that you want to, you know, try to get in the building. You know, I think having that knowledge of, of Toronto and the GTA is going to be so important to making that team successful. Um, because the Toronto Furies, they struggled a lot and that was run by Sammy Joe Small, an Olympian who lived in Toronto. Um, Natalie Spooner was from Toronto and she couldn't pull more than 200 fans. So I think getting a, somebody from Toronto who truly understands the city and how to make it work is going to be important. I don't know if it'll be a huge issue, but I could see 
them being more successful if they get a local name for sure. Yeah. And community outreach is going to be key. Yeah. So I, I, I want to know your reaction because obviously you knew about this news before we did, but I'm sort of like NHL postponed, NBA postponed, MLB postponed, NWHL expanding. And I was just like, yeah. that makes sense. Like that is very <laughs> on brand for the NWHL. Were you surprised at all when you heard it? Not really. Like they're, they're very ambitious. And I yeah. think Danny Ryland is, you know, she's a very am- ambitious businesswoman. And, you know, I, I think for them, this was something they had planned before all this started happening. And maybe it was, you know, this will be like a nice distraction. Like, mm-hmm. cause I don't think it is. Isabel cup. It, yeah. It's giving people something to talk about. And especially in women's hockey circles, like the amount of passion and the amount of fighting that goes on online. Anytime there is like a shred of women's hockey. News, I've never seen any. Um, that's a joke, right? Yes. like it's i've seen so many tweets of people saying things like oh my god i haven't like been angry in five weeks like this is actually so nice to have something to like yell online about um so yeah it's weird timing and you know one of the players did kind of express um, one of the PWHBA players did kind of express to me, um, you know, off the record, like we haven't announced or made any plans for next season because we're in the middle of a global pandemic and some of our players are nurses and, and healthcare professionals in the front line. So we're not doing anything. Um, but yeah, that the NWHL, whatever their, you know, their reasons for it, it's provided a distraction for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be lots to watch, and we're going to be checking in with you, I have a feeling, often as this, uh, as this yes. continues, as we get a name, as we get an arena, as we get more of the roster announced. Um, Haley Salvian of The Athletic, you can check out her pieces. Uh, you should follow her on Twitter, Haley underscore Salvian. Um, and, of course, uh, check her out in The Athletic. And, Haley, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Sorry I ramble so much. Oh, please, <laughs> come and ramble. Love it. That's what a, a guest does. That. That's no, the that's point. pretty good. <laughs> the Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. All right, press conference time. Let's do it. All right, press conference. Uh, question from Alex.Nolan93 on Instagram. He DM mm-hmm. me. He says, hey, I'd love for Adam to talk about Alexander the Great since we share the oh. same name and I don't know much about him. Oh, well, he was great. Do you know oh, man. how he got to be known as the great? Yes. Dude. Probably because he was in charge and he was just like, this is what you call me now or I kill you. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> there was a little of that going on. Uh, Alexander the Great is widely considered the, the best general of all time. Like what? the best, the greatest military leader of all time. Um, and, in, you know, and obviously you can only judge military leaders in the context of how they do in their time. But this is a guy that started with – so. To rewind, his father, Philip, probably would have been the more recognizable name. But the cool thing about Wait, Alexander is... Philip what? Philip the Philip Great? Philip of Macedon. Seymour Hoffman. No, Philip of... He would have been Philip the Great. Yes, for sure. Okay. okay. So Macedonian... The weird thing about... Okay, so just to give you an idea. So Alexander the Great is Macedonian, which is just above... You know, Macedon is just above Greece. But what Philip did was he took all the Greek city-states. You remember that, you know, 300 where it's Athens, Sparta other other cities that are smaller yeah Yeah. um they he took all of those cities plus you know thessalonica 
and several other places and, and united them. So he united the Greek peninsula. And um, he was just about to uh, take this unbelievable army. Uh, basically, he was going to take them east to Persia. And he's, you have to remember with marriage is not, this, is not considered the same then as, as it is now. So you would have multiple wives. And a lot of the marriages that you would have would be ones that are politically motivated. So he marries Alexander's mother, uh, who is considered, she's a, she's a great character on her own. I highly, I forget her name at the moment, but I highly, highly suggest you look her up because she's an unbelievable character in history. She's a strong, powerful, conniving, brilliant, political operating woman who's just unflippin' real. And Steve, she's, if you could look up the name for us, that'd be great. Look it up. She, she is one of the greatest characters in history. She's the most fun. She's more fun to read about than Alexander the Great or his dad. Um, but the, uh, the thing is, is that, you know, Philip marries multiple people because he's got to solidify political alliances. Do you have the name? Olympias? Olympias. There it is. That's is, amazing. Is, she named, is the Olympics named after her? No. No, no, Olympias, <laughs> you know, there's like, no. I don't know. No. <laughs> I'm not the smart history person here. <laughs> Olympias was the daughter of King Neopolis. Neopolis? Nemus? No, who knows? It doesn't matter. She, of so you got to so remember. So, and, and Philip is, Philip is so scared. So this is Alexander's dad. Philip is so scared of this woman because she sleeps with snakes that, she sleeps with poisonous snakes and depictions of her have snakes wrapped around her arms. He, she is, he, Philip is terrified of, of, his, of this particular wife, absolutely freaked out. And she is really the queen of the court. Like she's the one that sort of runs things and is the operator. So anyway, the word is that he's going out to get married and he is marrying somebody to solidify a political alliance so that he can take this army and not worry about, you know, issues at home and go and conquer. So he, he's going out and he is in front of a crowd that, you know, is still not, they're a little iffy on him. And he leaves his guard behind. It's very like JFK. You know, it's like, oh no, don't put me in the bubble. I want to, you know, I want to be wide open. Then obviously, you know, what happens in 63 happens. Uh, same thing with Philip. He's like, no, leave the bodyguards behind. I'm going to walk out by myself. And Philip's been at war for like 20 years. So he's got a limp, he's missing an eye, he's scarred up, but he's like this grizzled war vet. And a, from what I understand, what I remember, a servant comes up and stabs him. And it's, it's either a servant or it's a noble, a, a young noble. And the young noble runs off and has a couple horses waiting for him, almost gets away, but trips just as he gets to his horse and they catch up with him. And, and kill him. But Philip dies. And the way I've heard it described, the best way I've heard it described is, imagine your dad is a race car driver and he races for Ferrari at F1, which is the best car that you could have, McLaren, Ferrari, whatever, interchangeable. And he hands you the keys to a brand new warmed up Ferrari F1. Like it's just, it's sitting in the, in the driveway going. Blah, 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 blah. That your is dad's Michael Army. Schumacher and yes. you're his son, Adam Schumacher. And That's he says, right. here's and my now, car, son. Here's, here's my car. Go and try to win some races with it. And, and you know, of course, there's history is littered with stories of sons of great fathers that can't do that. You know, it's very, it's, it's full of, in fact, most of the time when you have a great father, you have a piddly ass son most of the time. 
But that is not the case because Alexander is not seen to be Philip's son. He's seen to be Olympias's son. Oh. Because of the, the, cool. the relationship they have, which is often contentious. But she, her whole goal in life is to make sure that he inherits that damn throne. And there cool are shit. people that want to take that throne away because Philip obviously has other kids. He's got other marriages. Probably people with more legitimate claims to the throne than Alexander. So when Philip dies, Alexander is at the wedding and he then has to go and take out his other siblings. Like he's now the king. Now he's got to take out his other siblings. And this but kid's just, like this 18. Is, this happened? At the wedding? This happened. No, not at the wedding, but like in oh. the months afterwards. This he's isn't Game of Thrones. This is, well, I mean, this is how it was. This was, this was Macedonian politics, man. It, it's Whoa. cutthroat and insane. So he's got to go have all of his siblings killed from other, other people so that there can be no claims on the throne. So they have the assassins do that. Alexander leaves with the army. He never comes back. But he takes this army and goes up against Persia. And you got to remember the difference between a Greek Macedonian army and a Persian army. A Persian army is forced to be there. They're conscripted. They are farmers. They are not well-trained. They're not well-equipped. You know, they got some units that are really intensely good, but most of them are not people that are used to war or going to war. And there's not really the military cohesion that we would see, that we've seen in the last, say, 500 years from major nation states. You're, you're talking about guys who are like, yeah, I got to go to the army for two months every year because that's my duty to my, my king. But other than that, I'm a farmer and I got you know, five kids at home and I'd really prefer to survive this because they're going to starve if I don't get back. So I'm not really going to fight too hard. So the, but the Persians have numbers, huge numbers of people. What the Greek Macedonians have is a, is a group of men who also oftentimes are farmers, but they have developed a very, very simple way of fighting wars. And that is the Greek... Uh, phalanx or phalanx or whatever the hell it's called. It's phalanx. 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 That's what it is. So it's the it's the it's the basically they get together. Everybody has a gigantic um, twenty foot spike, you know, made of a tree. And if you get it close enough um, formation, you don't even need that much armor. Nothing's getting through that. Maybe an arrow or two. And some of these guys do have chest plated armor, and they've got head pieces, and they've got shin pieces, and arms, or whatever. But a lot of them don't. And, and it's interesting. The way they set them up is they've got, you know, they're all in squares. They're in infantry squares, but they kind of line up in a big line. So they'll put the guys who are well-trained and in the prime of their life. We're talking in, in our age range, it would be like 25 to 35, but back then you didn't live very long. So let's say you're 23, 24 years old. You are in the best shape you'll ever be. Um, you don't really have that many injuries and that sort of things that would slow you down. You've got a ton of energy and you're fired up and ready to go. So you got the, the, the best of the best at the front. Then you've got, you know, midway through the pack, you've got the young guys, the guys who are still sort of learning how to fight. And they are, you know, they're lined up, you know, there's maybe the first guys are four or five rows deep. Then you got the next guys, the young guys, who are going to watch their example. So let's say Jesse, Jesse's the youngest on this show. So let's say Steve's at the front. He is the... He's the guy who, you know, is, is fired up and ready to go. I'm proud of my life. I'm ready to fight for my king. Excuse me. Jesse is the next guy in. Jesse is probably a little bit more skittish, a little bit younger, and happy to be a few rows back because I got to learn how to do this. Because there's, there's something that we don't know in history, and I think Dan Carlin perfectly says this. We don't know what it's like anymore for two armies without guns 
to hit each other midfield. We don't know what that looks like. There's no video of footage of that. There's, there's, there's accounts of it. But what you have to look at midi, like medieval and, and pre-medieval warfare as, as a bunch of small murders happening at once. You have to physically <laughs> kill someone. And you see them die. Do they have like cannons at least? They have no cannons. Or is that, no, that's like no this is 2,000 years before cannons. Okay. This is 500 years before the Roman Empire, man. Oh, okay. Don't let the movies fool you. There's cannons. They have little bomb bombs. They ride in on rhinos and elephants and everything. So, so this is literally like spears and just shivs and knives. Spears and, and spears and and they have a they have a, a pocket sword. Bunch of have, sharp shit. Yeah. And so the, so then at the end of these the Greek uh, film of what how do you say it again? I don't know why Phalanx. I can't say it today. Phalanx. Phalanx. Um, they have the grizzled vets. So let's say I'm the old guy. Adam, I am the grizzled. Back. I have been in several wars with def- different cities because if you were a city 10 kilometers away, screw you, we're going to war, you know, because most people never left, you know, within, you know, a couple kilometers of their city. So there'd be cities that would be 10 kilometers apart that would fight all the time. And so you become really grizzled and strong and you know what to do. So the reason that you have the veterans at the back is because, yeah, maybe they're not physically as able as the other guys. They're the ones with the most spirit and they stay the coolest under pressure, and they prevent the young guys in the middle from running. So Alexander has this army. They're the quarterback, power play they're quarterback. The quarter- yeah, they're game managers, right? Yeah. So they are what Tom Brady is going to be in Tampa, a game manager. So they, are, they walk into Persia. They conquer all of Persia. And it takes them a couple years. And this so is Alexander's to- army. Yeah. yeah. And uh- it's, not even, it's not even close. Like there's not, it's not a close run thing. I think there's a couple times out. And the thing is generals at this time, Kings at this time led from the front. So they, the first battle that they hit with the Persians, um, Alexander takes his cavalry. He's on horseback and goes straight up the center for the Persian King who was in a chariot and throws a spear and barely misses him. And so the Persian King gets freaked out. He runs. And of course his soldiers run. And so the Persian King from that point on, I believe is on the run. And they eventually catch up with him. But he, he tries again to stop Alexander, can't stop Alexander. Alexander uh, then rolls into Babylon, which is, you know, one of the great major cities of, of, uh, of that time period. Um, I think some, somewhere in like modern day Iraq, I would think. I know it's near Syria. Um, you're talk- and then, then they go down the Mediterranean into Egypt. So they conquer the Egyptians. And then they go, they even go further, further east than that. They end up in India. Can you imagine, right? You're walking from Macedonia to Syria to Palestine to Egypt, and then you're walking across all the way to India. And at that time, it was the biggest uh, empire of all time. They thought that uh, monkeys, when they got to India, they thought monkeys were soldiers. So they started shooting at them in the trees. They thought they were human beings. They'd never seen them before. Or monkeys. They were fighting. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, no. They were fighting. <laughs> they were oh, fighting. God men on on the backs of elephants so you imagine it's the first time in your life you've seen an elephant and it's a war elephant which were the biggest elephants and they were trained and trained and trained and you'd be Indian freaked soldiers. the fuck out oh like what is this giant animal <laughs> like what is this thing yeah. right like the biggest thing you've seen in your life is a cow and you've never heard of an elephant it's never been referenced wow. and the whole thing that he was trying to do because he was a scholar i think it was oh god um was it Pluto? Did he study under Pluto? Plato. Or was it Archimedes? Plato. 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 Archimedes? Plato. 
Plato. Anyway, Socrates. No, Archimedes was uh, no Archimedes was later. Yeah, Socrates or Plato, one of the two. I forget. But there I was a few theory down from Socrates, <laughs> the Canadian the, rapper. The Canadian rapper. Yeah. If you there was a theory that if you went east far enough, you could sail back and get into, which is technically true. But he would have had to go through India oh. and then China. Yeah. <laughs> and then sail <laughs> back. go a long way. <laughs> this is when they thought the earth was a lot smaller, right? right. So it was it basically, he was pushing, pushing, pushing. He, uh, uh, he dies at the age of 32. He is a severe alcoholic. He kills his, one of his best friends and generals in a drunken rage in India uh, because this guy dares to, you know, uh, make fun of him or, or challenge him. And he, he dies in, under very mysterious circumstances. A lot of people think he was poisoned. And what's interesting oh, okay. is what happens afterwards is you've got four successor kingdoms because the, they ask him as he dies, Alexander, who does the empire go to? And he is supposed to have said the strongest. So he's dying and like, well, who's, who's your successor? Whoever the strongest is. Well, that doesn't really work. But Ptolemy, uh, uh, Ptolemy ends up in Egypt, and he becomes he forms the Ptolemaic dynasty, and they like they last until the Romans come along, and Julius Caesar ends the Ptolemaic dynasty. There's the Seleucid Empire, which is in modern day Syria, Iran, and, and Iraq, I believe. Iraq, um, they, you were right for Babylon, by the way. I was okay. Uh, I think um, so. And then, and then there's the, I believe, the Bactrian Empire, and then there's another one as well, uh, and it's escapes. But you know, there's the Greek Macedonian. So how much of the well. of when he died? How much of the world had he conquered? Like, what was Alexander the Great? What did he get? So, so basically, from from Greece all the way to India, not not super far north because mm-hmm. that was just plains and there was not a lot of people there. But you're talking about from you know the top of Greece all the way over to the top of India. It's an enormous amount of territory when you have no way of uh, like, you know, there's, there's no airplanes. There's no, you know, there's nothing. It's, it's horseback or you're walking. These guys they did have segways, they, surprisingly, they just did, for some reason. I yeah. heard about that. Yeah. The glowing ones. Yeah. Mm. And back then you could get a girlfriend and have a segue at the same time. It's crazy. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> wow. Can't do that now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a, uh, it's a fascinating story. Olympias, I think, is more exciting than Alexander, but that's just me. Um, and and uh, I, I would highly, highly, highly recommend anybody. Don't, and the Oliver Stone movie about him is a little bit, little bit long or whatever, but it tells you some stuff. Oh, the um, Alexander, wasn't that like a critical a, flop? Oh, it was bad. It was, yeah, a bomb. It was not a great movie. Yeah. It starts okay, um, but it's just, it's just, it's a bit directionless. Um, but the Alexander the Great story is very, very interesting. And every general after him, Julius Caesar, Napoleon Bonaparte, all of the, the major guys sort of looked to Alexander. And I believe in military schools today, including like West Point, uh, anybody that's graduating great officers, they all have to study Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, Napoleon Bonaparte. That's so cool. they have to study their moves because their moves are still relevant today, just with different technology. So it's a, it's a fascinating, he's a fascinating man. Um, and also uh, uh, probably histories. I think he was, he was also, I think at very least he was bisexual, but the, the, the thought at the time was he, he just, he preferred boys. Like he was always about, he, he preferred the company of men, I believe is how it was put. So he's probably history's most prominent and famous homosexual as well. And so there's just so much about him. That was another thing in the- interesting about the movie 
people no i i I do remember that sorry yeah the the movie makes one reference to it like he he like marries rosario dawson and and the the thing is is that when he gets into persia he wants to incorporate the persians into the persian empire so he takes a persian bride the greeks don't like that um but it's like well he's he's integrating with them and we don't like that we want to dominate them and his thought was no no no. if we're going to create an empire that with some cohesion we got to adopt some of their traits. They got to adopt some of ours, which was very forward thinking when you look at it. Um, at the time? Oh, yeah, that's progressive. 100%. <laughs> yeah, very progressive. People so today married- don't want to do that. I know. I know. And it's, it's crazy. But like, <laughs> that's, that's the Jesus. thing, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's the uh, that's the long and short of, of Alexander the Great. Um, I'm sure there are people that could tell it much better, um, but he he wanted to integrate himself into the Persian society, and he married his wife, whatever. But like the Oliver Stone movie makes one little reference to this guy getting into bed with him, and that's it. Um, the real story is he mostly when he was having sex was mostly with men. I just you know, and back then people were far more fluid about their sexuality. Um, than they are even today. I think it's today. It's more like, what box do you fit into? Back then, it was like, whatever, you know, just do who you do. Mm. So it's uh, uh, we're slowly it's getting back to that society. I think, I think. so. I think really? so. Yeah, I hope we do. Yeah, and conquering on horseback. Maybe not. Also, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. No that. one's maybe ever seen wiping out all your potentials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Man. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow, Adam. You're freaking so impressive. No, I'm not. But yeah. that is Alexander the Great was a very impressive person. He all did it all by the wrong. age of 32. All that could have been wrong, but it's just the way you said it. And I'm like, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you, Doug. It was good. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's Adam's history corner for today. Yay! Yay! So Friday, we'll see you guys nine o'clock. Oh. Yes, sir. Anyway, hey, thank you so much for listening. We will see you Friday night on the Steve Dangle uh, podcast YouTube channel and obviously on, um, oh my goodness, on Tumblr. Pete, Pete Blackbird's Twitch as well. Oh. And then on Sunday, we'll be back with the show where we'll have Anya Packer on. And don't forget, next Wednesday show will feature NWHL Commissioner Danny Ryland. Pretty good lineup. Oh, on Sunday, can we talk about the last dance? Hmm. Oh, yes. I haven't seen it yet, though. <gasps> the Michael Jordan. I desperately want to. So we got to talk about the end of Too Hot to Handle and The Last Dance. Done. Have you guys, have you guys seen it? The first two episodes? I have not. Okay, you got, you got a couple of days to watch it. It's okay, really right. good. I'm ready. All right. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.